Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, a very warm welcome to St. Paul's Bloor Street. Uh, whether you're joining us online, you're joining us in person, maybe it's your very first time here, we're really glad that you joined us today. American writer Mark Twain famously said this. When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. <laughs> this morning, we're continuing in our summer teaching series looking at how the Ten Commandments are life-giving, with Jesus upholding them. And while none of us want to be told what to do, whether we're spiritually searching or we're already learning how to follow Jesus, I do think we want to know how to live the right way. Today, the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. And considering we all have an old man, whether they be absent, abusive, or amazing, this is where the rubber can really hit the road in our daily lives. We're also now at the halfway point, right? The first four of God's top 10 show us how we can respond to God's love with love in return. One, have no other gods but me. Two, don't make any images of God. Three, don't take God's name in vain. And then last week, we saw how keeping the Sabbath holy can transform both our work and our rest. And catch up on YouTube if you've missed any. And today, the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother so your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you, it kicks off the final six, which show us how we can love our neighbors. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, and so what I want to do today is look at this commandment in two halves, right? The first half, honor your father and mother. What did that mean in its original context? Why is it foundational to all our other relationships being healthy? And then the second half, that the days, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. It's the only one of the 10 that has a promise attached to it. So we're going to look at the promise and the problem it highlights, the promise and the problem, and then we'll end practically. So first half, honor your father and your mother. And of course, all the parents this morning are thinking amen to that. And while we tend to think of this as a commandment for children, there's actually no indication in the original context that this is not intended just as much for adults. We're in approximately the 13th century BCE one of history's greatest leaders, Moses, has led the Israelites out of brutal servitude in ancient Egypt. And the Israelites were willing to take this huge risk. Like, do you think Pharaoh's gonna let his entire workforce just walk off the job with a nice transition package and a reference letter? They were willing to take the fight to Pharaoh and flee into the Middle Eastern desert because God had promised them a new homeland roughly modern-day Israel. And in an incredible encounter on the top of Mount Sinai in that desert, God gives Moses his top 10. 10 loving laws to maximize our freedom and maximize our pleasure. Now here's an important detail. That first generation of freed slaves, they actually never made it to the Promised Land because they weren't able to fully trust and obey God. So they actually died in the desert. And it would have been the children who were at the foot of Mount Sinai, the second generation, and right before they were just about to enter the Promised Land, 
Moses gives them the 10 words for life again. Honor your father and your mother, and your days will be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor the parents who were disobedient to God and caused you to suffer and to have to wander in that desert for way longer than was originally planned. Remember this detail. So the fifth commandment is given to children as well as adults, which was essential in a culture with multi-generational households, right? Like ancient Israel. And so at a minimum, this commandment certainly does mean providing for the material needs of your parents where there's no social safety net. And it's noteworthy that despite the ancient world being deeply patriarchal, the fifth word from God is to honor your father and to honor your mother. This commandment also ensured that the critically important task of parents passing on faith in God to the next generation was actually being accomplished, right? But on a deeper level, the word honor here in the original Hebrew, it's a word, um, it's the word kabod, which means heavy or to give weight to. To honor someone is an internal attitude of granting a person a position of respect, even authority in your life, not because they've necessarily done anything to deserve it, but because God commanded it. To be a parent is a weighty thing. To be given the title of mother or father is to be designated with an office of great significance, which is why the fifth commandment is foundational to the health of all our other relationships in life, right? Like our relationships with our work colleagues or our friends or our spouses. And, and I'm going to touch on abusive or absent parents in just a minute. But it's actually in our childhood that we can learn the rhythms of respect and forgiveness and mercy and grace, right? Extending grace to your siblings who can still drive you crazy even into adulthood. Parents asking forgiveness from their children. It's the family, starting with our very first human relationships, our parents, that is the elite training academy teaching us how to love our neighbors, building skills to form healthy relationships, hopefully throughout our lives. Now the second half of the commandment, right? The only commandment with a promise attached to it. Honor your parents so your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Right, the promise uh, the promise is pretty clear, right? There's a, a fairly straightforward covenant between God and the Israelite people, right? God's saying, I'm going to be your loving God. I'm going to show you a fantastic way to live your life. And you can respond to my love by embracing this lifestyle eventually in the promised land. Now, the promise obviously doesn't mean that we're all going to live to a ripe old age, right? Of course, we all know people who had God-centered lives, who tried to honor their parents, and who died young. So the command is not promising old age. But it is promising that the entire nation could enjoy living in the promised land if they kept up their end of the bargain. And discarding their parents' faith would have had disastrous consequences. But this promise immediately highlights the problem. One of the, the strange comforts of the fifth commandment is that it actually makes it into the top 10 in the first place. Like God clearly thinks it needs to be said. Most parents, if not all, at some point feel like there is some kind of cosmic battle going on between them and their child. 
Parenting has always been hard, and there's not a single one of us here who hasn't been at some point disappointed in, angry at, or damaged by our father or our mother. There's nothing new under the sun, and the command to honor our parents brings to light the universal flaw in fallen humanity. There's always been conflict between parents and children. There always will be, even in the healthiest families. And you remember how I mentioned that the younger generation had been wandering in the desert for 40 years precisely because their parents blew it and hadn't kept up their end of the covenant bargain with God, the God who'd rescued them from slavery? And yet the word of life comes again from God to that second generation. Honor your father and your mother. They sure don't deserve it, but you're graciously to give it to them anyway, nonetheless. Now, of course, none of us obeys this command perfectly, right? And obviously none of us is living in the state of Israel right now. So what does this promise mean for us? One of the most powerful stories that Jesus ever told is that of the prodigal son. A young man, he's squandered everything that his parents have given him. He's rebelled against his father's wishes. He's dishonored his dad in every conceivable way. And yet the father was eagerly waiting for him to repent and return. The father extended grace to his wayward son, love, mercy, and an honored position back in the family that that boy did not deserve. We're all prodigals. We take our parents for granted. We demand they take care of us, give us money, but leave us alone so we can do exactly what we want with the money. And then we abandon the very arms that cared for us. And I don't need to work very hard as the preacher this morning to make the connection between how we can treat our parents and how we reject God's love for us in just so many different ways. And yet, because Jesus perfectly honored his parents, obeying his heavenly father's will for him, even when it cost him everything, commending his mother Mary into the disciple John's arms as Jesus's life just ebbed away from him on the cross, because Jesus perfectly honored his parents, we too can be given what we don't deserve, and I absolutely cannot earn it. God's amazing grace forgiveness, hope, purpose now, and then life eternal. Despite our lack of respect and arrogance as, as kids or our failings as parents. And as the promise highlights the problem of our sinfulness, alongside the gift of grace, God also gives us the wider Christian family to be part of. Uh, this is from our Matthew reading uh, that Jane read for us. Pointing to his disciples, Jesus said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven, well, that's my brother and sister and mother. Now at first blush, this sounds fantastic, right? Like it's the get out of jail free card if you don't want to honor your biological parents, but not so fast. Jesus isn't negating the fifth commandment, which he clearly upheld in his own life, but he is saying, don't glorify them. Don't glorify your parents, right? Don't worship them. Family first is actually not a Christian value. He's talking here about close bonds of kinship, and he's giving us a wonderful gift that for people who were learning how to follow Jesus, 
some of the people we're going to be closest to are actually other people learning how to follow Jesus who may or may not be, uh, we may or may not be biologically related to them. This is such a treasure, not only because not everyone has children, but some also have painful relationships with their biological family and all our parents are going to die. <laughs> but even if you are fortunate to have happy family relationships, the global family of Jesus followers, it needs us. Jesus followers struggling against climate change in the Amazon, rescuing child slaves in Yemen, those here in this city, like in this church, who are helping to settle refugees, reaching out to the lonely, serving with humility in politics, working double shifts at hospitals. We can be part of that promised community now. And then one marvelous day, when this earthly life is over, we can be in the promised land, gathered around the throne of God with everyone who sought to do the will of our Heavenly Father. Now, I promised I'd end practically, knowing that some of you are waiting so you can quote me this afternoon. Bishop Jenny said you have to clean your room or call your mother. But let's not forget the hard stuff. This is the first stanza of Philip Larkin's famous poem. They mess you up, your mom and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you. No parent's perfect, but some parents are evil. They're abusive. How do you honor parents who are dishonorable? If one of the purposes of the fifth commandment is to show us how to love God and how to love our neighbors in the perfect way that Jesus did, then like Jesus, we will defy wicked authorities and speak truth boldly in a wonderful plot twist of grace. Keeping the fifth commandment means refusing to submit to evil parents. Honoring ungodly people means calling them to repent of their sins, pointing them to Jesus Christ. So mindful of no perfect parents, or perfect kids, I might add, a few practical encouragements. Number one, say sorry, pray, prioritize. Model asking for forgiveness because we all need it. Call them up. Say sorry to your parents. You know for what. Pray for them. You know for what. And prioritize them in whatever ways you can. Two, love the family of God. We're a gift to each other. Invest in relationships in our growing St. Paul's community, right? Like invite St. Paul's people over to your home. No matter how big or small it is, start a connect group. Financially support this community. And three, if you have them, teach your children. Teach your grandchildren. Teach them about Jesus, what it means to follow him. It's primarily in the home, not children's or youth ministry, where the precious, precious gift of faith is handed down from one generation to the next. It's not easy, it can be totally overwhelming, and if you're not sure where to start, we're here to support you. Talk to us. Given by a gracious and loving God, the fifth commandment can shape us to be people of grace and love.
Honor your father and your mother, and your days will be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Thanks be to God. Amen.